The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. And I forgot to do the cold YouTube open. It's okay. It is Thursday, April 28th. It's draft day. Hello, YouTube. How are you? If you're there, like, subscribe, and comment. I'm so bad at my job. We are, it's draft day. It is the freaking draft is here. The Arguably the craziest draft in NFL history with... Just absolute insanity all over the place. And joining me to break it down um, with the caveat that it's 1 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. You'll get this podcast in your audio feed, hopefully by like 2.30. Nada is a super diligent at his job and gets stuff cranked around. It might even be earlier than that. Um, but joining me to break it down, John Breach, Josh Edwards, Chris DePasso. What is up, boys? we got some burning questions to get to in what is just setting up to be an insane draft. Brenton, we're going to have to draft a new host. That is what we're going to have to draft with this nonsense starting. I can't believe it is the NFL draft. And I, you know what? I haven't been on the podcast in so long with these guys, I barely recognize them. What were their names again? Is that Ryan Wilson down there and <laughs> and Baker Mayfield? How do, we, how do we get him on the podcast? I'm about to be traded. <laughs> if you have a question about the draft in the in the and you're in the chat on YouTube, make sure and uh, and and drop it in there. We'll be happy to answer those as well. Um, look, let's get right to it because we're going to try and keep this a quicker episode because the turnaround time, especially the closer you get to the draft, you know, it, it like stuff becomes completely worthless once you get news. Although I don't know that in this particular draft we will know for sure. Like for instance, last year we knew one and two like weeks in advance. And it was just a matter of, are you the Ma Are you on team Mac or are you team Trey uh, as to who the, they would take three. Although I think I actually mocked Justin Fields, which in hindsight, very stupid. Um, <laughs> and we, we knew that even after that, like the 49ers pick was going to, they were going to stay there. It was going to be a quarterback. And then after that, it was going to be like some combination of Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Panay Sewell, et cetera. Like it was pretty set in stone. And the markets had moved such that the over-unders were just like, you know, Kyle Pitts over-under under five and a half is like just wildly juiced, right? Um, so now we have a situation where we think Trayvon Walker is going to be the first overall pick. So I guess my first burning question would be, Breach, I ask you, or Josh, or Traps, I don't, hell, I don't know. Josh, I'll ask you first. <laughs> We're going to go diagonal, like Gilbert Gottfried in Hollywood Squares, baby. You ever see that clip? You guys, you guys might be too young for that clip, but do you, do you see that clip after he passed? Yeah. It's so, so good. He, like, gives, he like gives these deke, like deke down answers, and when they guess wrong, he's like, you idiot! <laughs> and just does it. Like, they get, like, eight wrong in a row. It's, it's incredible uh, TV from, like, the mid-'90s. I loved Hollywood Squares. Anywho, Josh, uh, burning question number one. Do you think – that Shad Khan will step in and overrule Trent Balky for Trayvon Walker at first overall, or do we end up getting the chalk there that we've been hearing for the last few weeks with the Georgia edge rusher going first? I think we are going to get the Georgia edge rusher number one overall, just because they have empowered Trent Balky all off season. You know, they, he won the power struggle. He's still there. 
Uh, I think they're going to continue allow him to do his job, and that's why we see Trayvon Walker as the first pick in tonight's draft. You know, and to add on that, which is just blows my mind and is really crazy and is basically typical Jacksonville, is that you have these reports that Chad Kahn is high on Aiden Hutchinson, that you have Doug Peterson for an offensive lineman because he wants to protect his quarterback and the Obalki who wants, uh, obviously, Trayvon Walker. And like Josh says, if if Kahn refused to get rid of Balky during the offseason, during January and February, you had all these coaching candidates saying – yeah, I'll take your job if you get rid of the general manager and Khan picks the general manager, decides to stick with him. And so this would be the ultimate backstabbing move if uh, Khan overruled him and vetoed him at the last second and said, yeah, we're going with Peterson's guy. We're going with my guy. We're not going with your guy. So I would love to see them not go with Trayvon Walker just to see all the drama and chaos that would ensue. Uh, but I do agree with Josh, and I think Trayvon feels like the guy here. It's really bad that we kind of saw this coming. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We we didn't even need reports to know there was going to be disagreement inside the Jaguars organization. Like it was obvious that somebody was going to, you know, prefer one player, another person was going to prefer another, and there was going to be this combat combative nature in the war room. Um, it's just crazy how uh, you had the opportunity to build an organization that is able to work together, and and it doesn't seem like that was done this year. Yeah, it does feel like that's going to be the pick for the Jaguars, but I'll take it in that we are like five hours away from the draft or six hours away from the draft, and we're not quite sure after, what, the last five or six drafts when the number one pick at least has been locked in. So leave it up to the Jaguars to have infighting on the day of the draft for their front office. But as someone that loved the old school drafts where there weren't uh, picks getting tipped and insiders reporting days before who the first selections were going to be, I love that stuff. So the fact that we're here on draft day and still not quite sure who's going to be the first overall pick, I'm, I'm, I'll take it. So, so Trapasso loved life before the internet. Yes, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. I, like I do, I do not. Even, you mean when people didn't even care about the second round? <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, I do not. Like today, I and like tonight, I will not like be on Twitter getting ahead like three picks. I literally am a traditionalist, and I will watch. Roger Goodell make the picks. I don't know if that's weird. That's just how I am. I, I don't like to have JLC or whoever it may be uh, tipping those picks. So yeah, I, I, I use the internet a lot. I think it's a, a great tool, but not for the NFL draft. Um, it depends on which pick it is. Like for instance, the first pick I'm, I'm flipping my phone over, closing the yeah. laptop and I'm sweating See? out Goodell yeah. strolling out of that thing. And, and if he, if he says, if he, if he like, if for some reason he like slipped up and like started with aid, I'd be like, no, <laughs> and, and flip out. Um, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, the, um, I tend to agree. I think it's going to be Walker. There has been just to the larger point about the number one overall pick. And I feel like I've said this and tweeted this a lot. Uh, maybe not, maybe not enough, but if, if, if your owner, and reading Albert, this is what this is what scared me about about saying that I thought Trayvon Walker would be one for the last few weeks, is that Albert Breer did like an interview with Shad Khan, and basically was like, like the like the interview was essentially, um, him saying he just he's like you know I really need to get my hands and you know get my be more a little more hands on with this draft. It's like no, yikes! It's like like you need it's to hire, time. right? And then he comes in the day before the draft and is like, all right, what are we doing? And it's like, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you've decided? What? That's crazy. I'm here to decide. And I love the Hutchinson. What do you mean you're going to Walker? And it's like, you can't. And so then there's reports that even today, like up and through lunch and maybe still right now, for all we know, and it's possible the NFL is encouraging them to do this for drama purposes, but like they're having debates about whether they should go Iki Aquanu or Trayvon Walker at one, not only is that a, like, that's not even a fundamental debate about a, like, who's your favorite edge rusher, and that's what we're going with. It's like, we don't know what position we want, and that becomes problematic because then you're spending all this time debating about who should go one, and you're not even, like, that's time you should really be spending about thinking, like, all right, who might fall to us at 33, and what are we going to do? You know, like, there should not be a day of debate about prospects at different positions. If you have a debate at all, like you have to be in line 
it's it's crazy to me that three factions a day before the draft in Jacksonville were arguing as to what like three different players and you have you know one is the GM who might quit if you draft Aiden Hutchinson um two is the the coach who you know won a Super Bowl and wants this offensive lineman and three is the owner who has full Trump power to just say nope we're taking you know we're taking Hutchinson you can't do anything about it like imagine trumping both your GM and your head coach with a single pick after you'd like retain one and then hire the, the guy. I mean, that would be crazy. So it seems like they're going to be a little more reasonable here and, and go Walker. And I, I'm okay with Walker. But can you imagine how Doug Peterson feels right now? He is probably sitting in the war room thinking, what kind of clown it's, show did I sign up for? <laughs> it's, the, telling- it's, the, it's the rest of development. It's like, oh, I've made a huge, tiny mistake meme. Like that's, that's how he feels right now. He's like, what? Why did I think this is the spot to go? He's probably telling Bucky, look, man, have you seen my resume? I have a, a literal Super Bowl win in the past five years. All you have is you ran the 49ers in the ground. You kind of ran this franchise in the ground. You fire every head coach you deal with. You had a couple home runs in the draft, which gives you a little bit of credibility there. But I can't imagine uh, that anybody in this, whether it's Khan, Peterson, or Trent Bucky, if any of these guys are going to be happy at the end of the day. Uh, it's just going to be an awkward situation. All right. Burning question number two. And I realize that this is so when you guys feel free to throw your burning questions out too, but I want to get through the first three picks with these, because I think that this draft is so unique in the sense that if like it's been floated. So, all right, all right, let me, all right. Here's burning question. Number two traps. Do the, have the lions been game planning as if they would have access to Aiden Hutchinson all along AKA does Aiden Hutchinson change their game plan and do they, if he's available sprint to the podium as everyone has suggested. I think they will pick him, but they probably had to plan for Aiden Hutchinson not being there up until what, like three or four days ago, like over the weekend uh, when this Trevon Walker train is kind of, uh, left the station for the longest time. It was Aiden Hutchinson at one Aiden Hutchinson at one that was going into the combine that was even leaving the combine after Walker had the really good workout and Hutchinson's was pretty good too. So I, I think the Penny Sewell connection to Kayvon Thibodeau uh, should not be overlooked that there are some reports out there that yes, they would run the Aiden Hutchinson pick to the podium. Uh, but I think Thibodeau is pretty close to Aiden Hutchinson. And again, if there's any character concerns, off-field concerns, to have someone that was Kayvon Thibodeau's teammate, knows him intimately in Penny Sewell, I think that will be on their minds if they're sitting there at two with Hutchinson and Thibodeau on the board. Yeah, I think they just turned the card in. They, they, have, they already have it written down, and it, underneath in parentheses it says, uh, if Jacksonville takes Trayvon Walker, don't even call us. This is our pick. I agree. I think it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Um, you know, if you're close between those two players, you're probably going to be more in the camp of Aiden Hutchinson at number two overall, just because uh, not because he's from down the street in Ann Arbor, but uh, because he's probably more of a culture fit for what they're trying to do in that, that organization. Um, oh, this is a good one. Good catch by Brandon Pruitt. Uh, Peter Schrager is appearing on the uh, Pat McAfee show and, and just dropped that. See, and this is nuggets. where I, just dropped that a uh, a team in the top ten has told him that they think Thibodeau is going Thibodeau is going to to the Lions. I agree. I think that's your bold prediction, Brinson. Yeah, I I think that f- f- I don't. I'm not trying to disparage Aiden Hutchinson, but like, man, there's a bad there's a bad tape out there of Aiden Hutchinson where he you're like Georgia game. The Georgia game he did. I mean, he just got completely stonewalled, and that's Georgia. I get that they're good. Um, he does have those arms. Like there are a lot of NFL franchises that have thresholds. These front offices have thresholds for certain physical traits. And you're talking about a franchise that is run by Rod Wood, who is leaning on Chris Spielman, who is an old school defensive lineman who probably doesn't like tiny T-Rex arms. And they're not really that small. They're like 32 and a half, but still. Um, and, you know, Dan Campbell, who everybody's like, like, I don't buy the, Aiden Hutchinson's a Dan Campbell guy. Love, loves to nibble on ankles if he can catch him with those tiny arms. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I just think I, I think that I think the Thibodeau Thibodeau had an interview with our Josina Anderson on CBS Sports HQ where she he said that he and Brad Holmes got along marvelously. Like he was like he was like he was like being at my uncle's cookout. Like we were laughing and chuckling and giggling. He even said, and for me, 
the Panay Sewell thing cannot be ignored. They drafted Panay Sewell with a first-round pick last year. They, they He played really well. That is a guy they trust. Panay Sewell is not going to lie to him and be like, yeah, you should draft Tibbs too, if he didn't legitimately think Tibbs would be a great teammate and a great pass rusher for the Lions. And I think that if you're Detroit, the idea of playing it safe and grabbing the local guy is fine, except like, what has ever worked for the Lions? You know, like the, the Seinfeld, the opposite episode? Yeah. Like, you know, tuna on toast hasn't worked. Let's try some chicken salad on rye. So I think uh, I think I think they go Tibbs at two, and then the storyline that starts it's, it's it'll be what's happening on NFL Network and ESPN is like, whoa, Aiden Hutchinson fell to three. This is a shot. And look, he could go two. It wouldn't be that crazy. But let's say he goes to let's say he's available at three. Our next burning question: Breach, you're muted. So what were you saying? I was going to say, then this turns into draft day and Aiden Hutchinson becomes Bo Callahan. Everybody's wondering why he's <laughs> right. dropping down. Yes. And especially if the hometown team passes on him. I mean, that's a gigantic red flag. And if that happens, that opens the door. Maybe he drops out of the top five. Yeah. And that would, which would be crazy. So my next burning question, Breach, do no one knows what the Texans are trying to do. There's 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 rumblings about what they want to do. I've been told that they like Neil, that they like Stingley, and they like Icky, Icky Aquanu. I don't know how they feel about Hutchinson. I don't think that they've, at least until like the last 48 to 72 hours, have been game planning for the idea that Hutchinson might be there at three. I would be surprised if Nick Casario wanted to draft Hutchinson I don't. I don't know what they're going to do at three. I it's the 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 current biggest buzz out there. Breach. Oh, let me ask you this: Who, if you had to pinpoint one person that the Texans would take at three, or you could even be one position, what would it be? And do you buy the buzz that they are going to trade back into the top ten from thirteen in order to grab another player? Presumably, it's OL and cornerback, or potentially. Uh, D and OL, I guess you go D and cornerback. You know, one of those three combinations. Yeah, I have no idea why, but I was thinking about the Texans draft pick before I went to bed last night. Like of all the teams, uh, and I do think Aiden Hutchinson dropping to three absolutely would throw a wrench in the thing. So let's just say he's not there for right the second he goes two. Um, I think the Texans will go offensive line. That's what it feels like right now, and, and the reason I think that is because I think the first round of the draft is deeper at corner than the offensive line. So you have your top two or three guys on the offensive line, whether it's Evan Neal, Kwanu, or Charles Cross, and then you kind of have a huge gap before you get to the next tier. But then you have the corners, and I feel like if you wait to take a corner with that 13th pick, or if you trade up to ninth or 10th or 8th, there is going to be a very solid first-round corner waiting there for you but that option's not going to be there if you wait to take the offensive lineman. So I think they take the offensive lineman first. Uh, now, whether that's Evan Neal or Aquanu, I don't know. feel like, uh, Brinson, you might, there might be some substance, which you were saying that uh, Nick Casario is high on Evan Neal. So I'm going to just go position-wise and say they take an offensive lineman third overall. Evan Neal, by the way, currently 10-1 to 1 to go third overall. Ooh. Sprinkle? Is that you sprinkle? I, I just sort of, Josh, I wonder if, that probably worth the sprinkle. I sort of wonder if it wouldn't make more sense to let's say you love Derek Stingley and you love the two offensive linemen, Icky and, and Evan Neal. And maybe you love Sauce Gardner too. That that's sort of the question there. But like if you love Stingley and think he's going to be an elite prospect, and you also love two offensive linemen, anybody who wants to trade up in this draft will be able to trade up. You can yeah. get definitely get to six for some kind of cost, and it probably won't be that much. You can probably get to seven. I don't think the Giants will trade out of five. Uh, you think you're getting a six? You think the Panthers would just? Yes, the Panthers will trade down for. I mean, a grand, they, they have the huge 131 pick gap between their next one, but I think they're not. They're the one team that is not just going to give their pick away. Oh no, no, I think I think if you give them a second, you're like we'll give you a second and 13 for six, and maybe like a fourth. They're they're, they're making that move in a heartbeat. It's seven spots, but at 13, you're pr like worst case scenario, you can just take Trevor Penning. Like maybe Charles Cross falls to you, you know, um, you don't want to pass on the OL, but I, I, Josh, my question would be, actually, I don't know what my question was. 
<laughs> what, what do you think? How do you think this Texan scenario uh, plays out, I guess? Yeah, so this morning I filed my final mock draft and I had them taking Ike Aquanu. Um, the part that I struggle with is I don't know if that's an inner bias or that's what they would actually do because uh, it, it is my belief that you need to have a quality offensive line, especially when you're trying to evaluate a young quarterback like Davis Mills. Um, I think that's the direction they should go. Now, which direction will they go? I think that's entirely different because you've got a defensive-minded head coach uh, which often plays into the conversation. So maybe they do go on the defensive side of the ball. If you've got edge rushers going at 1-2 and you wanted to get one of these edge rushers, then you almost have to take one at number three overall. Um, Now, as far as trading back up, this is a team that knows what they have to work with over the next couple of years. They've already made the Deshaun Watson trade. They know what they have in terms of draft capital next year and the following year. So they can afford to be a little bit more aggressive if they hone in on a couple of players that they feel fit their organization and are going to help expedite that rebuild a little bit more. Traps. Oh, sorry. I if two people, just, for the, just as we're going around these, if two people have talked sure. and there's no, no, just, Oh, sure. To the, to the to the general crowd, dive right in. Yeah, see, I think what breach like, outlines like, like reading like different rumors. Like I'm like like all of a sudden I'm reading a rumor about the Chargers are going to move up to 11 to get Jordan Davis. It's, it's insane. Oh yikes. Um. Okay, so I think what breach said makes sense about when you're looking at the positional depth at corner compared to other positions, and feels like offensive tackle is the big three, and then kind of on the outskirts of that, Trevor Penning, and not much else. I feel like looking at Nick Casario and his time in New England with Stefan Gilmore way back in the day, Ty Law, uh, Malcolm Butler in that Super Bowl, that they they always prioritize at least having one like outstanding man-to-man cornerback. So I think whether it's Stingley or Sauce Gardner, I'm not sure. I could see them going in that direction at three. And then with five, six, and seven, we know the Giants probably want an offensive tackle but they have been pretty open about being willing to trade back. That's the area that uh, the Texans from 13 are targeting to then say, hey, we like all three tackles. Whoever's available at, at five, six, or seven will trade up to get Iki Aquanu or Evan Neal. I, I just feel like with Lovey Smith, defensive-minded coach, Nick Casario's time in, in New England, uh, they had Darrell Revis when they won a Super Bowl. I think he will not want one of the uh, two elite corner prospects, in my opinion, Derek Stingley and Sauce Gardner to not be there later inside the top 10. And he would trade up later for an offensive tackle. Uh, the one thing I would say to that real quick though, with Casario, and obviously you mentioned Stefan Gilmore and Darrell Revis and these guys, but those guys were not drafted by the Patriots in new England. Historically, mm-hmm. it, when Casario was there, didn't use first round picks on corners. They went true. They definitely took a few safeties, Patrick Chung, Dev McCourty, uh, Bunch of safety now, there, but they have they Casario when he was there, they never really drafted corners. Agree, agree completely. A point I have made repeatedly throughout this process, but just to play devil's avocado here. Uh-oh. The Patriots never had the number three overall pick in <laughs> like one of the most I, I hate to keep calling it the worst drafts, but it's like like one of one of the draft one of the most lacking in, in truly elite talent drafts we've seen. And I think that if you went back to I can't wait till um, the listener throws this podcast back in your face in 20 years when like 41 <laughs> of the players from this draft make the Hall of Fame. That's right. Hey, look, man, weirder things, weirder things could happen for sure. I sort of wonder if you went back to the 2012 NFL draft, and obviously there's a, a there's a crazy disparity of you know dudes who were taken like Andrew Luck was going to be a Hall of Famer, then retires, RG3 won Rookie of the Year, and then like you know, it was out of the league in three years. Uh, Matt Khalil was good, then terrible. Um, Ryan Tannehill was terrible than good. Luke Keekley was great, but you know, didn't have a long career. Stephon Gilmore at 10. Like, if the Patriots had been picking at 10 and not at 21, and they, maybe they traded up to get Chandler Jones or they got it. Um, yeah, they traded up to get Chandler yeah, Jones. They did, I think. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, don't you think that given how Bill Belichick acted in free agency with Stephon Gilmore, like, don't you think he might have considered taking Stephon Gilmore with a top 10 pick? I just wonder how many truly elite corners he's actually ever had an opportunity to draft because if you're an elite corner you usually go like if you're a if you're a elite elite corner you're usually going in the top five or ten and Belichick's just mm-hmm. never been picking there so but the flip side of that to play devil's avocado is that it, you don't know that you're drafting an elite corner that you know like how many shutdown corners 
it's just you have no idea the draft is a crapshoot and so it actually makes more sense to wait and, and see that they've developed into a shutdown corner and then go out and give them in free agency because that's a position especially if you're the patriots that really that makes belichick's defense work when he has a shutdown corner like that and so you know maybe that's a reason they don't draft corners because belichick wants to make sure they pan out in the nfl before he goes out and signs them which has been his mo for the past 10 years hey i'm brett podolsky co-founder of the farmer's dog we make fresh food for dogs we started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog jada when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food the farmer's dog food isn't fancy it's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs it's better for them and easier for you Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I think there's a good chance that the Texans and the Panthers work something out. If the, Panth- the Panthers are trading. Is that inside scoop? Is that an inside scoop from your source? No, I was just sort of reading the tea leaves. All right, let me ask you this. <laughs> there's a burning question. Do the Panthers trade out of six? Traps. I think they will. I think they're going to find somebody, whether it's the Texans. There's rumors that the Jets would want to move up from 10. Uh, there's there rumors be, about the Chiefs coming the up. Chief, like if the Chiefs yeah, move two first at 29-30 and their second round pick, aren't the Panthers doing that? They would have to. That would almost be malpractice if they didn't. If they said, nope, we're going to pick, whether they like Charles Cross or Icky, to just pick an offensive tackle there and then go into the season with Sam Darnold or maybe – trading for another 2018 draft class quarterback in Baker Mayfield, uh, turning down that offer. I, I don't think at this point we'll see probably at least one, maybe two offensive tackles go in the first five selections, which will make it easier for the Panthers to say, Hey, our offensive tackle wasn't there. We're trading back. There's always a mystery team, probably not the saints, but crazier things have happened. And we just mentioned four or five candidates that will probably want to get into the top 10. And I, I tend to agree with Will that, you're not going to have to uh, you know, get as much or, or trade away as much to move inside the top 10. And I think the Panthers, with that like uh, Breach mentioned, 131 pick gap from uh, their first rounder to their fourth rounder, they need day two selections because the roster still really needs to get built out. It, it, well, it's also like, as right, so you mentioned, two offensive linemen gone in the first five. Do we have a cornerback gone in the first five in that scenario? Are the first five two edge rushers, a cornerback, and two offensive linemen? Because then that leaves yeah. either. I think it's a third edge. Oh, third uh, yeah, edge. I, that I, would I, be, yeah, that's the odds on favorite. That's right what I'm saying. So, like, so when you get to six, one or two things, is, but we think one corner at least is gone. There's a chance two corners are gone. But let's we'll say for the sake of the argument, one corner and then one combination of three edges, one offensive lineman, or two edge, two offensive linemen. That means it's some combination of Evan Neal, Ikki Aquanu, Charles Cross, Jermaine Johnson, and Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, you know, again, not we'll be all there. Of those guys, yeah. but some combination of those guys is sitting there at six, not to mention all the wide receivers. Like, the Panthers are trading out of six unless they just have some insanely high grade on Evan Neal or Ikki Aquanu. And I think that Scott Fitterer, who is a, a – Pen went flying is a is a good uh tr- is a, is very good at executing trades. Like, he likes trading I, down, right? I, yeah, I yeah, he loves to trade down. I think you can drum up a lot of interest in six with the combination of players are, that are there. And in a perfect world, it's like oh, it's Sauce Gardner could be there. I mean, you can you can get something pretty good by moving out of six, and it's just a matter of like what you know. Can you get a future first? Can you get the Chiefs package that we talked about? You know, can you get um, a, like would the Texans give up one of their first next year for you know f- plus plus uh, thirteen for six? Would they give you a second for it and something like? I think you can get enough where, and it all depends on how far down you're willing to move, and then maybe move down again. Hell, I don't know. Um, I think I think they're moving out of six. Anybody 
just wholly disagree. They'll stay there and take the the tackle if he, if 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 someone they love is there. Breach, you're muted again. You're muted again, Breach. <laughs> I keep muting because my kid is upstairs. Just it sounds like there is an elephant circus going on. Uh, there is, and, and and I mean there could be. I could go up there and literally, I would not be surprised if my daughter had a new pet elephant. Um, but. Yeah, I think they stick. I think they stay. I think that mm. the Panthers, their biggest need there, you know, obviously we don't know the quarterback situation. I, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. But again, we talked about the offensive line, how you have those top three guys, and then it just drops off. And I think if one of those top three are there, that they'll take them. And if not, then maybe they look to trade out. But I think they've got their eyes set on one of those three. And it feels like it's... to me that the Panthers, just really quick, Josh, that all those players that, that Will mentioned, that there's going to be some combination – whether it be the offensive tackle group, the corners, the edge rushers, it doesn't feel like anyone has any of those prospects well ahead of anyone else. Like if it's Evan Neal and Icky, you feel like those grades would have to be pretty close on the Panthers big board where they would say, no, none of these players are like our number one player on our board where we have to pick him. So let's just move back a little bit and then see how the draft falls to us. If there was an extreme outlier, I mean, maybe if Aiden Hutchinson was there, which they don't need an edge, but someone like that, that they probably have never believed would fall to them at six. I could see them staying put, but otherwise any of that combination that will outlined, it just kind of feels like, all right, yeah, they're all graded pretty similarly. So let's move back um, and then see what's there at 13 or at 10 or however far they move back in the first round. All right. Burning question. Number five, what McLean points out, Panthers do need an edge. Yeah, but like, I, I don't disagree. They could use some edge help, but like the offensive line situation is so massive that I don't think they could ignore it. Uh, burning question number five, what player that no one is expecting ends up going in the top 10? Like, who's the surprise top 10 player for you, Josh? Nope, don't want it. Don't want it. No, I I know who you want me to say, and that oh, is. No, no, no. I want you to say. I want you to say your answer. No, 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 say, no. You want me to say Jordan Davis? You want me to I don't say care Jordan if it's Jordan Davis. Davis. I want to say Jordan. Does Davis. Will have bets on that? Yes. What's the odds of that? Uh, he was Brenton like is quitting job and moving to Hawaii if Jordan Davis goes top ten. Yeah, I'm Jordan Davis like four to one to go top ten. I, I I mocked him going to the Falcons at eight. Now, like maybe I'm crazy, but we'll see. Um. So who's who's your surprise top ten player? And let's caveat with this: the over under needs to be above his over under needs to be above ten. And if it, you know, like Jermaine Johnson would have probably counted a week ago, but now he's seven and a half. Um, I can I can let you know what the o, the OUs are there if um if you if you if you, if you, you know if you, you know, like don't say Derek Stingley. No, my my surprise pick to make it into the top ten is Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis. That oh, was my really? pick even before even before I knew how Sucking you were trying to set me up. I Jordan Davis was going to be my answer regardless because of his combination of size and speed. You know whether you want to discuss the value of a nose tackle in the top ten, I totally get it. But he is unlike anything we have seen at the defensive tackle position before. And as much as we try to argue about what these teams should do, history tells us that they are drawn to traits, and Davis is a traitsy player. So I could see him going in the top 10. How about you, Traps? See, I, I think it's going to be Trevor Penning from Northern Woo-hoo! Iowa. I could, I could see that being a Seattle Seahawks pick at nine. If That's they don't job. love Malik Willis, just feels like – and I like wrote this this week, just like researching um, – what the Seahawks have done in the first round. Rashad Penny was a shocker. Jordan Brooks was a shocker. LJ Collier, no one saw that coming. It's really been since like uh, the early days of the PKL uh, even, era. Um, even, uh, oh my God. I'm a, Is there someone else? I'm Bruce Irvin was, was a shocker. Bruce Irvin, yeah. He was like 15 overall. Everyone, He was like 24 oh, years old. Yeah. So it's like in the last five to seven drafts when the Seahawks have actually had a first round pick, it's been like an out of nowhere, like holy crap type of selection. And what I found funny is that, or just interesting, is that Trevor Penning's combine is not being talked about. If you look it up, he tested through the roof at like 6'6 and 330 pounds, and he's got this nasty demeanor. He's a great run blocker. kind of feels like a type of player that Pete Carroll and John Schneider would really like. I mean, they have bigger needs, I think, 
Um, but they would kind of fit the mold of the, the out-of-the-box selection uh, for the Seahawks in the first round. And I think Josh picked Jordan Davis to suck up to Will because he wants <laughs> one of those pick six podcast sweatshirts, which I want too. So I'll say Jordan Davis too if, if that will get a pick six podcast sent to my house. Uh, I will say it will uh, not. I actually got sent it for making fun of Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yes. Oh, I can do that. I, I got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Um, so here, so here I'll get you nothing on this podcast. That's that's for sure. <laughs> I will just say real quick, my guy's surprise top 10, which probably isn't even a surprise anymore, but his over-under is still outside the top 10, is Jameson Williams. That's a good one. Oh, I think one. that I, I think that he is the best receiver in the draft. If he had not torn his ACL, there would not be any controversy here. Uh, but he did tear his ACL that frightens teams a little bit. That's going to cause him to drop, but I think it wouldn't be surprising. We have so many wide receiver needy teams in the top 10, whether it's the Falcons, whether it's the jets, uh, that will go in there, grab him. Uh, so I will not be surprised at all. If he ends up in the top 10. Um, maybe mine was Jordan Davis. <laughs> my, my team would be Jordan <laughs> Davis and, and JMO. Uh, you know, I, I, um, you know, I, I think I gave out on the pod a while ago, like, JMO six overall, 50 to one, and he's now 10 to one, six overall. Like, I don't think you can take that. So with the six overall, you are looking for what you're looking for is a trade out from Carolina. And that's, that's what had happened is the markets had mispriced six overall because they just assumed Carolina was going to stay there, stay there and take Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or one of the tackles. And look, that might still happen if, if there's not a good enough trade Carolina could absolutely stand at six and take Evan Neal, Icky, or even Charles Cross. I don't think that's crazy. But there's enough good offensive line players or offensive linemen, left tackle uh, prospects, in this class that as good as Neal and Icky are, and I think they're really good, and I, I, you know, I know people love Cross. I'm, you know, I, I would have him uh, third on my list. But, you know, maybe you, like, maybe you love Trevor Penning. And you think you can get Trevor Penning at 13. Or maybe you like Trevor Penning enough where getting those extra picks is worth going to 13 with, you know, and you're like, look, we don't want to give the Texans Evan Neal, but they're going to give us a second round pick and we need bodies. And we're, we're just not there from a, you know, from a, uh, you know, from a roster perspective. And so I think that the one thing that I'd be like, I know this is stupid, especially after I blasted the Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan connections, but like, Panther, the Panthers are going to lose some fans if they pass on Icky at six and like, trade out at six. Just because half of Raleigh's going to be like, are you kidding me? You've never, you've never drafted an NC State player in the history of your franchise. You had a chance to get this stud, like this, this guy who fell to six. But I understand the idea that Carolina needs more picks and believes that it can get maybe a comparable player relative to what they could get back. So, again, the market's just had mis mispriced Stingley. Six overall, 50 to one. Like, if Stingley doesn't go top five, it's very likely the Texans are calling the Panthers and trading up to to, five, to six to try to get him. I think if JMO, I don't think JMO will go top five. That would be that would be a shock. But if JMO, you know, if JMO is there at six, I think the Jets will be interested. I think the Chiefs will be interested. Um, you know, I don't think the Panthers would trade with the Falcons. I think the Falcons like the idea of getting JMO because you know you're a team that's a year away, et cetera. Um, but the point being is that. I think the the Panthers are more than likely. Or, sorry, the Panthers are going to trade out, and I think the Panthers will create a market for the surprise player in the top ten, more than likely. Mm -hmm. And then the know. Falcons and the Seahawks are wild cards. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Here's the pushback. I don't think they're the only team that's looking to get out of the top ten. I think I the Giants that. at number seven could also be moving back. Um, Seattle at number nine. I mean, they have historically traded back. So there's going to be options for teams to move up. It's a buyer's market. So uh, it's going to be very difficult to figure out which of these teams is actually going to move because I think there's going to be options in the top 10. Um, I wouldn't trade back with Kansas City if I were uh, the Panthers just because at that point you risk missing out on all of those offensive linemen, and I don't think you can afford to do that. I think if you end up with a number – 29 or number 30 overall pick in this year's class after having the number six overall pick, uh, you're doing yourself a real disservice. Yeah, more than likely. Going down to 29 and 30. But I mean, again, like the, you know, we said all along the sweet spot here in this draft might be, you know, 20 to 20 to 50 where you can get quality players. It's, it's definitely risky. Don't get me wrong. 
and especially if like JMO's Tyree Kill 2.0 and you, you know, and, and Icky and Evan Neal are like all pros, like or pro bowlers, you know, year in and year out, it's a problem. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, let's get to some chat questions. Unless you guys have any burning questions you want to ask. Uh, One of those surprise players is the craziest part is it could be a quarterback because remember all the talk was hey quarterback somebody will yeah. go to the top 10 now it's uh it will be a total surprise if it happens i think that's gotten a little crazy okay you think i'm allowed to give out a, pete is not gonna listen to the show so i'm gonna give out a rumor that pete heard that's just oh like, boy this is like God, the craziest rumor i mean he said he heard oh, sam howell and the seahawks at like nine <laughs> <laughs> Just trade for Baker Mayfield at that point. <laughs> Just shoot it in my veins if you go to Sam Howell at nine. Um, I, I think more than likely if you look you at the Sam that? Howell thing. What's that? No, no. no. Like, do you have Sam Howell? I did get some Sam Howell. Oh, you would just like Sam it Howell. because it would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Justin Palmer asked in the chat, will we ever see Brinson again if Hutch goes one? No. Adios, amigos. <laughs> to Mexico, we go. Um, yeah, so I, I think... Um, the quarter, the quarterback, the quarterbacks are one of the top ten would be a surprise. If Seattle loves someone, I could maybe see them doing it. But they also have forty and forty-one. Yeah, and then Detroit's got two picks down there late. Atlanta's got one in the second round. So it's like you don't want to burn. You really don't want to burn that early pick on that quarterback if you think they're going to fall to the second round. And I think a lot will. I just don't think we're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go in this first round. All right, or let's they could move back more. into the first. At- the end, exactly. end of it like they could trade with a team later get that fifth year option and it wouldn't cost them a ton yeah although i think you can make the case as i have that the fifth year option isn't actually any good because look at where baker mayfield and sam darnold are and look what the you know the, the giants had to do with daniel jones if your quarterback's good you just sign him after the third year you don't worry about that fifth year option anywho uh let's get to some of those questions in the comments toss them up not if you get a chance I've been seeing this from Ethan Tyler. I've been seeing a lot of buzz of Stingley for the Hawks. Is it bad? I want Willis. Um, I, I think that sort of dovetails with what we just said, where it's not necessarily bad if you want Willis, but if I'm, it's tough because like, good. what what do you what, what do you mean it's good? Oh, it's good. That I think you want it's Willis. good. Nine. Yes, it's good. I I would do it at nine. Wow, Josh, I would do it at nine. I'm I'm at, I, like on my island with that one, but yes, I would I would pick him at nine. I mean, if you have a conviction on a quarterback in this class, I think you absolutely take him. That's going to give you a lot more value than a cornerback. It's not to say that Derek Stingley doesn't carry his own risk if you draft him at number nine sure. overall. So I'm totally fine if that's the direction they decide to go. But I'm very worried about that offensive line. Uh, Malik Willis is going to have to be mobile to to work in that offense. If I want Willis and on the Seahawks, I trade back a few spots or try to trade back and then hope he's there. Cause if you take him to the top 10, that just puts a ton of pressure on him that you don't know how good he is. You don't know how, you don't know how any of these quarterbacks are going to pan out in the NFL. You don't know how good any of them are. There's no Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning or Trevor Lawrence. And so taking him in the top 10, just because then you have to start him. You have to start him. You can't put him on the bench for a year and it just opens up this Pandora's box of risk. So I'm not sure. I, I, like, I don't hate the idea of Willis to the Seahawks. I just hate the idea of Willis to the Seahawks at ninth overall. I, I just hate the idea of drafting Malik Willis at nine with the pressure that Breach talked about and the possibility that you could get Stingley at nine and still somehow manage to get Willis 
All right, like, would you rather have Malik Willis and whatever you get down in the second round picks or Stingley and Sam Howell? Because I, I mean, I know Willis is a much better prospect, but like, I don't think there's any guarantee that he turns out, you know, better than Howell. I mean, like, I just don't think these quarterbacks have any sort of guarantee to him, not like many quarterbacks do. Yeah, my thought is just that if you like a quarterback, kind of like Josh is saying, you shouldn't really wait and hope he falls. I guess I'm a little right. scarred from, from the Bills in the 2013 draft class. They had the eighth overall pick. They traded back. Then they picked EJ Manuel, and they got lauded for, hey, look, they got extra picks. They got EJ Manuel, but they didn't like him enough to pick him at eight. They picked him at 16, and he ultimately obviously was not very good. That's just one story, but I feel like in general – teams that want quarterbacks usually trade up to get them. So picking him at nine and then not having to worry about, Oh, can we get back up to get the guy that we really like at the quarterback spot? I, I wouldn't mess around with that. If I liked the quarterback and I do like Malik Willis way more than any others in this class, I would just pick him at nine. If I was a Seahawks. Yeah. You run, you, look, you run the risk of, of passing. You don't uh, want to miss on him. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a conviction, you need to take the quarterback, but Man, try to trade back if you can if you're the Seahawks. Uh, next question from the chat. Mark Humes asks, am I mad for thinking that Ritter is a lock for the first round? It's still even money at some books here in the UK. Wow. Um, his over-under is like 28 and a half. There's was a consistent drumbeat that there were multiple NFL teams, like a good number of NFL teams that had first-round grades on Desmond Ritter. I I don't think anybody can say that any one of these quarterbacks is a lock for the first round. Like I would be taking the overs on these quarterbacks. Even if you think Malik Willis is a great player, even if you think Kenny Pickett is a good player, I think it is more than likely that they drop just because of the makeup of the top half of the draft, because teams, you know, I'm not saying we're saturated with quarterbacks, but there's just, you know, there's only a, really a few teams who are truly desperate for quarterbacks. And it's if you take one high and it doesn't pan out, you're you're in you're in trouble. That being said, I had Desmond Ritter as the first quarterback off my off, off take, drafted in my mock draft. So you know who the hell knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think on that real quick that the thing that you would make you want to gamble that Ritter will go in the first round is that it does feel like, and not that Ritter's Lamar Jackson, but this is a Lamar Jackson situation where. In that draft, it felt like the Ravens were thinking, well, if Lamar's still there at 32 at the back end of the first round, we're going to trade up and grab him because we don't know how his talent's going to translate the NFL, but we think we can make good use of it. Plus, we'll get the fifth-year option if he ends up panning out. And so I think teams would have the same kind of thinking with Desmond Ritter where it's like, we don't know how it's going to translate, but if we can get a chance and we're in the second round and we can trade up to 31 or 32 – and get him at the back end of the first round, that it would make sense. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if someone trades into 31 or 32 to grab one of these quarterbacks. What would that 28 and a half over under it like imply? Is that saying that like Vegas thinks he's going to the Packers at 28? Or what what is no, why they, would think, it be they there? think somebody's trading up into the bottom of the oh first trading round. up. Yeah. Okay. That's it, that's just like yeah. to me, it seems like Titans could be a team at 26 that could pick him. But it feels like they probably sorry, his, are. His, his Irish, actually yeah. moved up to 30 and a half. I see it now. Oh, okay. 30 and a half. That makes more sense that one of those teams could trade back. Like It was. It, okay. These quarterbacks have been flying all over the place. Like yeah. Willis was 12 and a half at one point. Actually, you could probably get him at six and a half for five. You know, you could probably get him at six and a half at one point. It's basically like, a, will the Panthers draft him? Um, he is mm -hmm. now over under over 13 and a half minus 155, I see. Kenny Pickett over 16 and a half minus 160. Um, I still think you could lay that with those two guys and mm. feel fairly comfortable that at the very least, we won't have two quarterbacks taken by 17. So like probably a push worst case scenario, maybe lose a little bit of juice. Um, who else am I missing? Matt Corral over under over 33 and a half minus 175. Wow. And is that it? Sam Howell. Howell's number has been crashing a little bit today. It's kind of weird. Okay. Over, never mind. Over 45 and a half minus 145, I see. So, yeah, I don't think any of these guys are locked for the first round. I'd be taking the overs and the quarterbacks. I might take that under on Sam Howell just because of the chatter that we've heard today. But I mean, what about my bold prediction of just one quarterback in the first round, Brinson? What do you think? It's great. I think under two and a half quarterbacks is a smash spot. I would highly recommend it. Is it still, um, is it still, 
uh, trying to find it. Sorry. Over quarterbacks drafted under two and a half minus 115. It was plus money um, previously. It was like plus 185, I think, like yesterday. So wow. you would prefer that. But I, I don't think we're getting three in the first round. Just my take. Um, next question. Daniel Scott asks, what's the over-under <laughs> on mispronounced names in the first round? I mean, are we Let's talking about, about on this podcast or are we talking I was about – say, is this Brinson or Goodell? Yeah. <laughs> Goodell will miss Goodell butchered Mariota one time. I mean, like, even I get Mariota right. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, it's Let's tough. Though, like, Kwanu, Roger Goodell's not seeing these like – like he's getting handed a card. The card it's phonetically – design on the card so oh, like, it is? It, okay. it's almost impossible for him to butcher it unless and yet they expect him <laughs> to get unless they expect him to already know it like a huge quarterback i think they probably thought oh there's no way he can mess this up um there's no name that really stands out that i think screw ryman bernard ryman bernard ryman uh george karloftis he could screw up Kayvon thibodeau oh i think i think thibodeau are you sure Mariota's not Mariota? He might he might have actually gotten it right. <laughs> so I said, like, it might, <laughs> I think it is <laughs> in fact, in fact, it may have been that he, in his head he thought it was Mariota, and he's reading. He's like Mariota, and he's like, "What?" Because remember, everybody's like, "The Mariota, Mister Mariota." <laughs> no, no, just me. Yeah. You guys are too young for that, I guess. I got it. I laughed, but I, I just found nobody laughed. It's fine. Let's move. Mariota on. is going to pronounce his name. Hold on, I think. Isn't there one more guy that could be just butchered? Uh, Arnold Abacady from Penn State, maybe. Boye Mafe, if you just – I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's, just, it's a shorter name, but yeah. there's not any standout this year. It'll be on Friday and obviously Saturday a ton. Um, Lewis Seen, maybe he goes with Sign. Ooh, oh, Sign. There you that's go. That's a good one. That's the one you should probably bet on if you could bet on that. Um, second, somebody just sent me a tweet. It is Mariota. Okay. And the commissioner definitely did get it wrong because he added like an O. He said Mariota. Um, shout out. Oh, friend of, friend, good friend of the podcast, Josh Norris, just fired me a, a, a tweet from J.P. Shadrick, uh, who works for the Jaguars. GM Trip Alki earlier with me in the draft room said they had final meeting with ownership last night, ensuring process is collaborative and open. We know what's going to happen at one, then follow the board and trust the board. But what if everybody has a different board? I don't think what Trip Balky would say that unless trust the board. I don't know. He only says that if they agreed to take his pick. I think yeah, so. yeah exactly. Because if exactly. it was John's pick or if it was Peterson's pick, he'd be like a stupid board. You can't trust it. Fourth crap. You don't Jesus. say trust the board if it's not Walker, right? It's, and yeah, it's not that's in, that's insinuating that like he was the head of the board and he made it and like yes. trust his. He, he's going to add like some last minute guardrails, like, oh, he's going to be under this age. He's going to have this arm length, something like that. that yeah. He, 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 he slipped some, uh, he slipped some stuff out there on, um, on old, uh, on old Icky. He's like, he's like, I don't know. Did you hear this guy like killed 12 people in high school? <laughs> like, he's like, Hutchinson, I mean, I, he, can, he can barely lift a cup. His arms are so short. He's like, Dude, I'm uh, rooting for Balky to like make some subtle jab at Jim Harbaugh. Like, Something about why they didn't pick Hutchinson if he oh if he got down to that oh, that yeah. would be hilarious. Um, okay, let's get uh, a couple more mm. questions and then we'll get out of here because we want to keep this. All right, uh, Pokey Rad asks, "Are y'all going to talk about the Giants? We're going to wrench at everything and not picking up Daniel Jones' fifth year option." Woo. It did come out right before the draft. That doesn't feel like a coincidence because they have till Monday to deal with it. They could have waited until Monday to make that call. There were people who were like saying draft Malik Willis fifth overall. There is. I mean, weirder sure? things have happened. They're not taking a quarter. Sure? I, I just, this is basically, yeah. we're doing a one-year test run with Daniel Jones. If he's awesome, he's going to make bank. And so he's being forced to bet on himself. It would be shocking if the Giants, if this led the Giants to spend the top 10 pick on a quarterback. So one of the things that I always think needs to be mentioned in these spots is that Joe Shane and Brian Dayball have been given a, a a free pass for one year. You play Daniel Jones this year. If you make Daniel Jones look good, you can even kick the can down the road another year and tag him, 
you know, and, and like the tag's not that it's negligible relative to the fifth year option versus like being locked into a bad player on a fifth year deal. You can sign him to a short term contract if he's willing to do that, or you can just draft somebody if you like the draft class. And if he stinks, you say, Look, man, we gave him an offensive lineman and a wide receiver, or you know, maybe you get two defensive players, whatever. No, if he stinks, you say, We didn't draft him. We had to go find a new exactly, That's my point. Yeah. You can say, you go, to, you go to the ownership and you say, look, we, we tried, man. It just, it's not, it ain't, it ain't there. Let us, we'd like to reboot and try something else. And you could, maybe Trubisky is done in, in Pittsburgh. You bring Trubisky in. And then, you know, point being is that like, you don't screw up the free year by drafting a quarterback at fifth, who if Daniel Jones doesn't play well, is going, fans are going to be screaming to play Malik Willis. And then all of a sudden you start your clock earlier than you need to in terms of the hot seat for your quarterback and your coach and your GM. So they could definitely do it, but I would be surprised. Although, as I note, the timing of that, very interesting that they would allow that to leak out Thursday instead of Monday. Maybe that's on purpose because to try and you know smoke screen some people. All right. Uh, next question. All right. Breach. Uh, well, I'll leave this to the draft Knicks and the, and the Bengals fan here. John Olsen asks, what's the Bengals' biggest need, cornerback, offensive line, or defensive line, and what are the chances they trade back, Breach? Uh, I, I, they could trade back. They don't do that a ton, so I, I do think they'll end up sticking there, but it wouldn't be totally shocking to see them trade back. I think those are their three biggest needs right there. If I had to rank them in order, it'd probably be defensive line, cornerback, and then offensive line, but... The problem is that there aren't enough first round talents on the defensive line. There's like maybe three guys that, you know, we've talked about Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. You have all these guys that are probably going to be top 20 picks. And if you're down to the fifth best defensive lineman, by the time the Bengals are picking at 31, you don't want to reach and take that guy. So I think they're going to end up taking a cornerback just because that class, you have six or seven guys that go in the first round uh, and they'd rather take the sixth best corner versus the sixth best defensive lineman. Cause there's going to be such a, distinct yeah. difference so i think they'll end up taking a corner but yeah those are basically their three biggest needs d-line corner and offensive line breach let me ask you this if iowa center tyler linderbaum is available at number 31 overall mm. and you have a comparable talent at cornerback and defensive tackle available which direction do you go that will absolutely throw the wrench into it um but I, I think that if there's comparable talent at corner or defensive line, that the Bengals pass on Lindenbaum. Wow. Yeah, didn't we have Todd McShay earlier this week? Uh, well, actually, I think it was just like a speculation article, but it was written up like a report that Linderbaum and Carl Loftus would not go in the first round because that's what I've thought. Like I, I've, I've mocked Linderbaum to the Bengals at 31 a lot because it feels like they would go in that direction. But now if John Breach is saying it, then I, I well, I mean, you look at a look wrong at the selection. You look at their Super Bowl run. I mean, it wasn't Joe Burrow that carried them there. It was the defense. I mean, you look it at was. holding the Titans to under 20 points, holding the Raiders under 20 points, sh basically shutting out the Chiefs in the second half of the AFC Championship game, uh, holding the Rams to 10 points in the second half of the Super Bowl. I mean, the defense played lights out. And and with Larry Ogdenobi leaving uh, in free agency, now you basically have an empty spot here. You don't even have anyone on the roster that can take his spot. So you got to get someone in there. It's just like, yes, they need offensive linemen, but I think that is the least of their needs because of what they did in pre-agency. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, one, I thought it was interesting that uh, Peter Schrager mocked Trey McBride to the Bengals. Yeah. Mm. Um, you can bet over half a tight end, which sounds extremely bizarre. <laughs> you can bet. At, <laughs> well, yes, yes. We, we would like half a Trey McBride and half a Trey Linderbaum. Unfortunately, that's a push. Um, in other words, if there's one tight end taken in the first round, it's four and a half to one for one tight end taken. Like See, a, a curveball like that, I don't think is crazy. If if you're talking, there's no defense coming. If your option is take the top tight end on the board or take the sixth best corner, sixth best defensive lineman, or sixth best offensive lineman, maybe they get a little crazy. If, so I think if there's one curveball, that one's not completely crazy. And the yes. one thing on on breach comparing the corner back class in terms of depth to the defensive line class, if you pick the sixth best corner, it feels like consensus wise, just my rankings, Josh's rankings, that you're still probably getting a widely regarded first round pick at corner, like a first round talent. Interior defensive line is Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Logan Hall. After that, the fourth or even fifth interior defensive lineman 
you look around the internet, you don't even have to pay attention to me on this. They're second and third rounders. Uh, so if the Bengals ultimately didn't like who was available and, and those top three defensive tackles are gone, then I totally agree with Breach that getting even the fourth or fifth best defensive tackle, you're not picking a first round talent. Yeah, it's a huge reach. And fun fact about yeah. Trey McBride, he would be the first NFL player raised by same-sex parents. Awesome. Um, that's yeah. a fun fact. The uh, Just very quickly. So, like, there's been um, – there were some people who cover the New York Jets who said there's no way they will take a cornerback at four. Daniel Jeremiah, who is very good friends with Joe Douglas, mocked Sauce Gardner to the Jets at four. Ooh. These same people, or same person, it's actually the same people. Because Rich Zamini was kind of leaning that way. was sort of talking up Sauce as a possibility over the last few days. Connor Hughes for The Athletic said it was no chance it was happening. Like zero chance a few days ago, which is, you know, just sort of dangerous territory to wade into. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you don't know. Maybe. And echoing what Rich Zamini said, who, who, echoing what Rich Zamini, who was on this yesterday, said, there is a lot, a lot of chatter about Sauce Gardner and the Jets, which is very different from one to two weeks ago. Received three calls from sources outside one Jets drive today saying that's what they've heard. We'll see. There is nothing in the world worse than laying your neck on the line with a, uh, not a prediction, but like a report, especially when it's like related to this. And then all of a sudden you see like conflicting info come out or you hear conflicting info. Like the knot in your stomach is so tight for like three days. And like, for instance, when they, like yesterday it was like, Jags owner Aiden, Jags owner might just take Aiden Hutchinson. I was like, that's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I wouldn't go read if, if you want some. If you want to laugh, go read the comments. And, and real quick, backtrack to the Lions pick that we were talking about. I dropped this in Slack that the Bengals official website did a media mock draft, uh, and someone from DetroitLions.com, Mike O'Hara, was in charge of that pick. So not like someone who covers the team from an outside source. Someone who actually works for the Lions handled their mock, and he picked Kayvon Thibodeau Ooh. at number two overall. So that interesting. is interesting. The number four overall, um, I don't have it on here. Let me see if I can just find it really quick, and then we'll get out of here. Um, sorry, I know we, we ran longer than we meant to, but I think this has been a good – I feel like we've been – Harper, of course. I feel like we've been blitzing. <laughs> oh, you know what? Do, we, do you guys want to – I tell you what. You, do you guys want to do a really quick blitz through on some over-unders? Like, all you do is – Breach goes first, Josh goes second, Traps goes third. All you do is say over-under. Sure, let's do it. Ready? I'm in. Uh, I'm going to skip. All right. Lewis seen Lewis seen. Seen. Lewis seen. seen over under 30 and a half. My first. Yes. You, under. Josh traps. And actually I'll tell you what trap, just do traps, Josh breach. How we breach has time to think. Cause I think you guys are probably more, well, you just more dialed into the prospects. Lewis seen traps go 30 under. And a half. under, 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 under Garrett Wilson, nine and a half over, over. I'm going over. Drake London, 10 and a half. Under. Under. Over. Kyler Gordon, Washington cornerback, over under 32 and a half. Over. Under. Under. George Karloftis, over under 22 and a half. Over. 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 The over is a good answer. It's heavily juiced. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to find the uh, Trent McDuffie over under 16 and a half. Over, over. Let's we'll see the third best corner. Uh, to some, some in second, some of them. Uh, go under. Was that 16 and a half? I'm going under. Um, ooh, Sauce Gardner under five and a half, over under five and a half. It's just 150 to the under. Mm, I'm gonna say over. Okay, I think Stingley goes in front of him. They can both go top five. Uh, yeah, true, true. Okay. It's a tough number. Zion Johnson over under 24 and a half. Ooh. It's the Cowboys. Uh, That's let's right say, the Cowboys. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Let's Bank say Cardinals. under. Yeah, it's juicy the under. Under. I'll go over. Okay. Uh, Traylon Burks over under 23 and a half. Over. Uh, under. I'll go under. 
Charles Bross. I'm just kidding. Charles Cross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny on the website. It's misspelled. Devontae Wyatt over under 29 and a half. Georgia interior defensive lineman. Over. Under. Under. These are tough ones. Jahan I'm Dotson. Under, the Bengals take him. He's not going to be there because the Bengals won't get who they want. Jahan, Jahan Dotson <laughs> over under 30 and a half. Ooh, under. 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 Okay, that's minus 140 for the under. That's a pretty good bet. Then. Wait, I got one, Brinson. Okay. Matt Ariza. <laughs> mm, over under 134 and a half. Oh, let's move down. It was 124 and a half at uh, Caesars this morning when I wrote the newsletter. Isn't that like the middle of the fourth round? And I middle of the would, fourth. I said I would pound the over, and it has dropped 10 spots. I moved the line. You did move the line. Good job. I'm going to say under. I think he's going to go early fourth. I think so, too. I'll say over. Daxton Hill, over under 28 and a half. Under. 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 And finally, Kenyon Green, over under 27 and a half. Over. That might be biased, though, because I don't really like him. Under. That sounds biased. I'll go (laughs) under, too. All right. Uh, good stuff. That's the latest buzz and chatter around the NFL as it relates to the NFL draft. Uh, it's Thursday at 2 p.m. when we f- 2 p.m. Eastern when we finish this. The draft six starts hours. in six hours. Hopefully, you can check out the podcast or rewatch on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. Make sure and hit alert so you'll get notified when we go live after the draft. And uh, man, like I don't think there are any bad answers here, and it's going to be an insane night. Good stuff, guys, for Breach, for Edwards, for Traps. I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys after the draft.